0: Hello, my name is Mark Gibson and you're listening to the podcast version of the Chagask Signpost series, a weekly webinar that promotes and examines sustainability in Irish farming. Hello and good morning and you're very welcome to uh, this morning's Signpost webinar. We're coming to you from a rather breezy but dry west of Ireland this morning. Uh, Good morning Catherine, how are you doing today?
1: Morning Mark, how are things?
0: Catherine, you're going to be helping us out with questions later on, so um, thanks for joining us this morning. And uh, we'll introduce our guests in a moment, but just to remind you that the Signpost uh, series is brought to you by Chagas Connected in association with Dairy Sustainability Ireland, the National Rural Network, and Food Drink Ireland Skillnet. So from time to time, we invite companies to the webinar to talk about their sustainability journey and why it's so important for them to pursue this journey. So this morning, we'll be hearing about the Keelings Fruit story, a family-run company that's almost 100 years old. And we're delighted to be joined by Des Ferris, who is Lead Director of Sustainability with Keelings Fruit. Good morning, Des. How are you today? Good morning, Mark. I'm very well, thank you. Great, great. Well, thanks for joining us today, uh, Des. Uh, we're re- really looking forward to hearing about uh, the the work that you're doing in Keelings to, to to meet those sustainable sustainability targets. Perhaps, Des, you could just tell us a little bit about your own story and uh, how how you got involved in sustainability in, in Keelings.
2: Um, well, I've been in the food industry probably over uh, about 21, 22 years of this uh, point in my life. Um I've been working with Keelings since 2015. Previously to that, I was managing director of a company called Nature, and Andronica, which you may be familiar with. And I was in a technical function there as well. Um, uh, you know, over the years, I spent 14 and a half years there as well. So I have a real interest personally in sustainability. So as part of my function as, as technical facilities director here within Keelings, um, I sort of put myself forward for it and said listen i'd like to lead this for the business and um you know and deliver on the business purpose which is better food better world and
0: we're going to be talking about that today i was very interested when i was looking up the, the just the history of keelings and you're probably going to cover some of this in your presentation but is it 1926 since the the company is in operation
2: yeah it is yeah
0: yes yeah, so that's a, a fairly significant uh a time to be around uh, yeah but...
2: we're, we're we're on the third generation of, of of the family business you know and and you know the family are highly involved in this organization you know it's um you have um carline who's the group ceo um you have david and william and you have father joe and, and obviously the the mother in, in as well in the background so um i'm delighted to be part of this organization um what i like about it, it is a family business and family businesses always make decisions for the long term
0: Yes. Yes, I think that's a fair, fair thing to say. So Des, I'm going to hand over to you for your presentation, and we'll chat to you in a few minutes.
2: Okay, thank you very much. Good morning, everybody. Um, I'll just take you through our journey on sustainability here at Keelings. So uh, Keelings is 100% Irish-owned. It's a third-generation family business, and as Mark said, we were first established in 1926, and that's a picture of the, one of the original fields um, that they were harvesting our fruit uh, in at that particular time. Um, within the business, Keens provides a range of services and expertise within fresh produce industry. So we are obviously we are, we're a growing um, uh, business. Uh, we have our farms here locally and elsewhere, which I'll speak to you about in a minute. Um, we obviously source product from all over the world. And we have a sales function and we have a marketing function, distribution function. And then we have an ERP solutions function, which is our Keens knowledge business as well. In Keelings, we have a number, uh, these are the business units that I'm just going to talk to you about at this point in time. So we work together as a one Keelings team with 11 unique business units sharing knowledge and expertise uh, with with our colleagues and partners across the units. So within that there, we have the retail business. So the retail business is the business I'm sitting in today. Um, It serves predominantly the retail market here in Ireland, um, on the island of Ireland. We have a market business, which is, I, I believe, where the, the, the first um, uh, market was, um, uh, to, took place in, in, in the city centre of Dublin. We have a flowers business that supplies flowers, uh, prepare flowers to the retail business. We have a UK business, which is uh, fruit and salads and veg. We have a business uh, in Europe, Eurasia, we have a select business, which is, uh, provides business, uh, food and, and services to the um, food service uh, industry, hotels, restaurants, et cetera. We have a solutions business, which is, is our ERP solutions business. So the, the, the systems that all of our business units operate within Kinings is designed and maintained by our solutions business.
0: Yeah, um, so you might just explain to us what ERP stands for, because I suspect you might be referring to it again in the presentation. Just for for um, if you're, if you're
2: a, so enough. it's basically it's it's how you manage product. Um, so the accounting system that manages product from our um, back doors to our front doors. So it's tracking and tracing um, the handling of product at every step in the process ultimately what it does. Um, uh, Again, and and that's hand in in glove with our knowledge business. And then we have our farms. We have our farms here in Ireland and we have our farms internationally uh, abroad, which I'll take you through that in a slide or two uh, in a moment. So obviously our headquarters in Dublin, we have 13 offices and production sites around the world. So we have, I say, our head office in Dublin, we have in the UK, we have in the Netherlands, we have in Paris, France. We have our uh, pineapple farms in Las Brisas in Costa Rica, our melon farms in Pura Vida in Costa Rica, and Belafonte in Brazil. So where are we today? Um, quite simply, today we farm over 2,000 acres, growing over 200 million strawberries, 16 million pineapples, and 8 million melons uh, annually. We source from 46 countries and supply over 1,000 customers across 30 countries worldwide. And we employ over 2,700 employees from 58 nationalities across seven different countries. So it's, it's you know, sometimes when people ask me about key uh, you know, it's it's at times because of the size of the organization, it takes a while to explain it to them. But as you can see, um, we're a global business. So I'll just give you a sort of uh, a history wall of, 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 of how we got where we are today. So in 1926, WP Keeling purchased 78 acres in St. Mark's County, Dublin. In 1937, 1945, we st- grew in strawberries and rhubarb and apples. In 1973, we opened uh, in Dublin in the wholesale market. In 1988, we entered the UK market. And then in 1995, Keeling's Flowers was established in County Dublin. In 1998, Keeling's Solutions was established in County Dublin. In 2010, Keelings launched our brand, um, which is the Love the Grow brand that you see out in the retail market at this point in time. In 2012, Keelings Knowledge was established. In 2014, 2020, international farms expansions in Pura Vida and Las Brisas in Costa Rica and Belafonte in Brazil. 2017, Keelings uh, Select was established in County Dublin. And then finally, um, in 2021, Better Food, Better World, Purpose and New One Keeling's logo was launched uh, across the business. So I was talking about our growing operations. So in 1926, let well, say we, we established our farms here in Ireland. Uh, we grow now uh, over 4,900 tonnes of strawberries, raspberries, blueberries, blackberries, apples and cherries, and 450 acres here in St Margaret's in County Dublin. In 2014, uh, we established Puravida. Puravida grows melons and watermelons on a 200 hectare farm, and we are the, were the first Costa Rican melon farm to be accredited to Rainforest uh, Alliance. In 2017, Belafonte was established. produces a wide variety of melons and watermelons on a 2,000 hectare farm in northeast of Brazil, and most recently. Las Brisas, which is based in Costa Rica, produces over 16 million pineapples a year on just over a thousand hectares of farm and has achieved an A rating for Rainforest Alliance as well. So our purpose, as a team, we continue to strive to make food and what we, uh, sorry, and what we all eat better Uh, through what we grow and the quality improvements and innovations we make and the stories that we tell. So we're all very aware here in Killings of our impact on the world, both environmentally, socially, and are very uh, consciously planning to positively manage our impact on the world in the present and consistently into the future. Now, our purpose, the logo that we established uh, to help people identify with our purpose, has been carefully designed and crafted, uh, crafted to represent our purpose. So the globe-style logo represents our commitment to a better world. The colours of the logo represent soil, plants, water, and air, the key elements in growing of our food. And the Keating's hands represents our care for the world and the food uh, that we create in it. So our vision is that we inspire more people to enjoy fresh produce. Our mission is that we sustainably grow, source, and market quality produce by investing in our people, ways of working, insights, and partnerships. And Keelings, we have values, our values at Keelings are people matter, teamwork, passion for achievement, and integrity. So with people matter, we support and treat each other in a clear and firm, and respectful way. We all learn, develop and encourage everyone to contribute. With regards to teamwork is that we inspire and help each other to deliver our ambitions together as one Keelings. When it comes to passion for achievement, we motivate ourselves and each other to achieve our ambitions. With energy, knowledge, and courage, we're always striving to be better. And lastly, when it comes to integrity, is that we do the right thing and deliver on our commitments. And when Keelings, we have six strategic priorities. We have better food, we make our products better and inspire more people to enjoy produce better world, which I'm here to speak about today, is that we'll improve our environmental and social impact to make a positive difference in our world. When it comes to people, is that we support our people to learn, be at their best, contribute and deliver on their commitments using one Keeling standards. When it comes to partnerships, working with Keeling creates value and long-term relationships with our customers and suppliers. Better ways is every year we improve our competitiveness, efficiency, and deliver through insight technology and one key And lastly, growth. We invest in and deliver insight-led, focused, profitable growth into the future. So as a snapshot, this is our future. So you have better food, better world, our purpose at the very top. Our vision is that we inspire more people to enjoy fresh produce. Our mission is that we sustainably grow, source, and market quality produce by investing in our people, ways of working, insights, and partnerships. Our values, as we've spoken about, is people matter, teamwork, integrity, and passion for achievement. And our six strategic priorities is better food, better world, people, partnerships, better ways, and growth. Excuse me. So. Within the business, we use this format to describe to our employees Better World. So our purpose in Better World is is committed to protecting our environment and supporting our people and communities to make a positive difference in the world. Now, there's five pillars that drive Better World, climate change, sorting the materials, biodiversity, community health and nutrition, and people. And within each of these pillars, there are themes. So for climate change, it's greenhouse gas emissions, energy and logistics. For sourcing the materials, it's packaging, responsible sourcing, waste management, 3PL. For biodiversity, it's deforestation and ecosystems, farmers management, pollinators, water, soil, uh, water and soil health. In community health and nutrition, it's about charity, community engagement, health and nutrition. And it's in people. It's about believing, belong, and building one feelings. So when we look at our ambitions within each of those pillars, our ambition uh, in climate change is for fifty percent reduction in our emissions, our operations emissions, by twenty thirty. If you compare that to a science-based target that we will be setting, that is actually. Uh, more aggressive than the science-based target requirements for that period of time. We are committed to a science-based target. We have written to science-based target initiatives, uh, registered our commitment, and we are committed to setting that target in the next 12 months with them, including the decarbonisation programme with suppliers. Um, as part of that journey and towards net zero, uh, we will assess carbon offsetting options. Um, And finally, we have set ourselves an ambition to be net zero by 2040. When it comes to sourcing and materials, consumer packaging to be 100% recyclable by 2025, reduction of plastic intensity used in weight by 10% by 2025. And we want to be a leader in delivering sustainable packaging solutions across all of our operations. When it comes to biodiversity, um, all killings farms to ensure that they're accredited to sustainable agricultural standards. And by 2022, killings biodiversity policy and targets are to be in place, which I can confirm they are, which considers water, farms, management, soil health, pollinators, deforestations, and ecosystems. When, go, me, when it comes to community health and nutrition, we will invest a percentage of our net profits equally to achieve these objectives. We'll invest in research and innovation and communication to increase per capita consumption of fresh produce. We will increase accessibility to better food and support for the communities in which we operate in. And finally, when it comes to people, we'll support our people to learn and be at their best and contribute and deliver on their commitments using one-keeling standards. And all of that is underpinned by our governance and resource and reporting and stakeholders and and um, systems and process that we have within the organization. And just a little update for 2021, Catings achieved a 24% reduction in our operation emissions. That's an absolute reduction in emissions against our baseline year, which was 2019. This is the year that we picked that, uh, across our entire business. So if you think about it, a few moments ago, I spoke about a 50% reduction by 2030. Um, we've made some headway in that by uh, by the end of 2021. We're also responders to CDP and we currently stand at the B score, of CDP, and say we, have, um, we are planning to be a B uh, plus. We're actually about to submit by the end, I think it's by the 27th of July, we have to upload our information um, for the last 12 months and we'll do that uh, shortly. And we're trying to target a B plus and eventually an A.
0: can you just explain to us what the CDP score relates to? So
2: your carbon disclosure project, which is what CDP is, so it's best practice when it comes to um, climate management. So it covers value chain engagement and their targets. It covers your scope one, two, and three emissions. It talks about your risk management process and your risk disclosure and your opportunity disclosure. It talks about your governance within your organization, energy, management, emission reduction initiatives, and business strategy and financial planning. Making climate uh, change uh, uh, an intimate part of what we do every day and been able to demonstrate that through their systems and structures, when we respond back to them, they have a very, very detailed um, assessment, and then you get a score from that. So most newcomers would go into that, at a, say, at the D level and work their way up, and we responded in that in 2020. We went in at a D level, and last year, we came in at a B. So we're jumping quite rapidly because of, of the commitments that we're making within our own organization and the progress that we're making. Um, so it's, it's it's best practice. And again, um, I spoke about the Science-based target Initiative. We committed to them in January 2022. They have um, confirmed that commitment. Um, they give you 24 months to come back with your target setting. Our uh, our expectation is that we will do that at the end of this uh, particular fiscal, um, ahead of, of the 24 months requirements. And we'll be on that journey also. I um, just want to give you something uh, with regards to plastic reduction. Um, obviously, um, as a business, we're we want to do our best when it comes to consumer packaging. In 2022, I can tell you the retail business here in Ireland, will remove 50 tons of plastic um, from our consumer packaging um, by the end of this calendar year. Um, In addition to that, we'll reduce um, the gauge of our netting that will remove an extra uh, one ton of, of plastic. The hand wrap that wraps pallets, we'll also have reduced the gauge of that, and that's going to remove another, or reduce, say another four tonnes of plastic being um, used within the business. And then we've replaced low density polyethylene toppers for bumper boxes with now compostable material, and that's an extra tonne. So within the retail business, we give you some insight. And again, across all of our businesses, this is going on. But I just thought of, uh, as this um, is is to an audience here in Ireland, I'll let you know that we're over 50 tons of reduced to remove plastic within the organization in 2022, which is quite considerable. So when it comes to biodiversity, as part of our Better Word Pledge, Keynes is committed um, to driving sustainability through a greener, cleaner, more environmentally responsible approach to production of our crops and the management of our farms and facilities across the globe. To support this, the business has joined with several overreaching organisations and certification programmes to validate our results. These include the All-Ireland Pollinator Plan, for which Cairns has been a part of since 2019, Orange and Green, their SHAS programme, Food Cloud, CDP, and there's many more that we could talk about. We're constantly seeking out other organisations to measure and improve our sustainability uh, impact. And we are looking forward actually towards the task force on nature related financial disclosure initiative to create a continuously improving framework to assess our biodiversity risks and opportunities so after introducing our own wildflower meadows on the farms uh, we wanted to share our expertise in wildflowers and biodiversity with our customers and consumers and in 2021 um, as you probably know we launched our killing screen rewilding initiative now, the initiative aims to protect bees and other pollinators by encouraging people to dedicate a zone within their garden to rewilding. Um, as part of this program, we gave away 100 million native wildflower seeds in 2021. And in 2022, we're committed to improving that and scattering 250 million seeds across Ireland. We've also provided seeds and information packs to 1,000 schools nationwide. And just to give you within our own farms, you know, uh pollinators and fruit go hand in glove, as they say, or hand in hand. And these are some photographs of our own farms where we've um done that rewilding. And in some cases, we we have a lot of these um insect hotels about the place, just creating uh um safe places for uh natural habitats within the within the um the farms here in Ireland and elsewhere. I'd like to talk to you a bit about something that's also dear to our heart: food waste. Um, for many reasons, uh, you know, we we know uh, on average food waste is, is causing about ten percent of the greenhouse gases uh, emissions. But also, you know, we support uh, many different charitable organisations where people can actually, can actually get access to healthy, nutritious food through due to uh, no fault of their own and largely due to affordability issues. Um, and I wanna give you a sense of the challenges the business has when it comes to managing waste with, across our own operations globally. And I've picked out three particular um, contributing factors that can, that, that can impact waste. Climatic extremes is one, you know, the old Goldilocks uh, scenario whereby, you know, it's probably just too hot or too cold. And and within growing produce globally around the world, the same thing applies. If it's too hot, there's problem. If it's too cold, there's problems. If it's too wet or too dry, there's there's also problems. And and our our, our partners and growers, including our own farms around the world, are continually looking at variety species. Um to try and forecast what the future is going to look like and what those varieties would need to be in order to uh, ensure that they have a crop that can be harvested when climatic extremes um, happen. But when they do happen, they produce um, significant challenges um, for both our our growers and our own farms and growers globally. And one of those challenges is with pests and diseases. Um, uh, and including, you know, rots, moulds, et cetera, et cetera. Um, the other challenge we have um, with that happened through Brexit and obviously through COVID, through the lack of uh, of people beneath, uh, available to, to deliver uh, and drive Arctic trucks and strikes at, por- at ports is delays at ports. Our products, um, if you take, um, you know, Fresh produce has to grow where the sun is. So in the winter, it's impossible to grow, for example, strawberries here. Uh, for the vast majority of it, you can not get extended seasons either side by growing in glass and so forth. But, but for the vast majority of it, it's, it's it's usually difficult and not impossible. So you go where the sun is. So if I give you the example of a strawberry coming from Spain, the south of Spain, and it takes possibly three days to get here on truck that strawberry when it comes here will have a predefined shelf life based on the growing conditions on which um and the harvesting conditions um and for example if it has four or five days of life upon arrival if it gets delayed in ports for whatever reason um then the shelf life of that product the time you have to use that product is massively reduced and given the volume that we supply globally and here in Ireland, locally here in Ireland, that can create a lot of waste difference delays. Equally, with regards to diseases, you could have progressive diseases caused by climatic extremes. And they may not be visible to the eye when that product is being harvested and, put in, and being put onto a truck, but by the time it gets here, it could be quite visible. And again, these are stuff that causes... Um, Uh, uh, waste um, for us within the business now we have systems and processes and people at source managing all of this and people here managing all of this but it is in modern days with the climatic extremes we're seeing globally it is a huge challenge for us and that's something that we are um, um, I suppose managing on a daily basis so when you're looking at a waste reduction plan and, you know, there's a difference between surplus food and waste. And therefore, when you look at a waste reduction plan, um, it's about defining a baseline year. You have to pick a year. And we in Keelings picked, our, uh, along with our Better World year of 2019, we picked the same for our waste. So it, it all ties together. So we define the baseline year. And I would encourage people who may be, are not looking at waste at the level that they should do or would like to. I say pick a year, and 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 within that year, sc- scope your operations, and quantify the tonnage of food and associated ed- ed- inedible parts because we have, and then express food waste as a percentage of the product ingredients handled by your business. As uh, that's what we have done. Separately quantify the tonnage of food center redistribution centers, charity, animal feeds, etc., and describe the scope as we have a method used, and the verification of that data is really, really important. So, within Cadence, when we're managing food waste, that's one that's some of the things that we've done. And key actions is that we make food waste a priority every single day. We work with customers and growers to provide greater understanding of challenges and and, and adjust as required. And we amend transport routes to avoid port delays and also to avoid the possibility of containers being compromised. We look at variety selection, improvement to maximise class one product, and where weather climatic extremes have produced products with some sort of misshapes that would be classed as class two, then we work with customers to maximise those sales so they don't go to the ground. And we work with local charities to provide access to quality produce. In 2021, we provided an uh, excess of 500,000 of portions of fruit and veg across all our bus- uh, in the to the communities across all our business units. And recently, we've um, we've tied up with um, uh, one of our customers, Tesco, in in the Stronger Starts program, where we're aiming to provide um, the ingredients that will produce over the next 12 months a million meals to those. Um, families and children in need. And we engage with local farmers so that residual surplus foods can be reused as animal feed. And lastly, just one second. Lastly, I just want to give you an insight of what we're doing to educate our people. In 2022, we've devised a program, a training program to help champion our better world, uh, better food, better world purpose. And this goes to every single employee has access to this and will be trained in, the, in, in these levels. So the program is to build our, our internal capabilities to deliver a better world program. Build a team of leaders and champions to manage and deliver and evolve our better world program. Build a stronger base of awareness and understanding of better world program across the business and position key to be able to measure and implement and deliver better world targets. And I've given some examples of climate, biodiversity, plastic packaging, et etc. et cetera. Enable the team with the appropriate frameworks and tools for effective implementation. And it takes a team to successfully communicate and motivate and engage with employees, suppliers, customers, and other stakeholders to deliver on the better world program and to deliver on sustainability performance and value for the business. So within that program, there's three uh, levels. There's a better world for all. And all Keeling's employees will go through better world for all. It's a multimedia content, employee handbook, e-learning programs, performing metrics, and regular events across our business. And within that there, there'd be an integral part of the employee induction program. There'd be a self-learning short uh, program for all. We'll build into employees' development programs of performing metrics and KPIs and better world. There'll be two-way mechanisms for employees' feedback and interaction, and it'll cover things such as our policy targets, et cetera, et cetera. Then we're gonna have better world leaders within the business, executive level, a business management, business unit management there, and leads across. So we have leads and coaches across the business units. And within that there, we facilitate in-person, uh, in-person leadership, sustainability development, learning programs on key topics linked to achieving our strategic better world goals. So we'll train leaders to be able to address measurement, uh, uh, implementation, communication, engagement, and reporting topics such as climate and carbon, uh, carbon biodiversity, circular economy, uh, 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 materials, regulation, and communications. And lastly, we'll have better world champions. And those better world champions will go on skill net, postgrad uh, certificate uh, programs and courses. And again, covering broad sectorial topics on sustainability and food and drink and manufacturing. So we are investing in our people to help us deliver on our ambitions for, for sustainability and better world. And that's it from me in terms of presentation. And I'll you take any questions from you at this point in time, and I will stop sharing.
0: Thank you. Thank you very much, Des. And uh, really enjoyed your presentation. Lots of easy to digest to digest uh, graphics there, so appreciate that. Um, Des, I mean, we we, we have lots of questions coming in here, and we will get to those in a moment. And please do keep sending us your questions if you have a a question you'd like us to to put to Des. Um, in terms of the, you know, the main challenges for the fruit sector, I mean, you've outlined, you know, the disease aspect and the transport side of things um, around the carbon labeling and climate change side of things. What direction do you see that headed uh, over the next number of years? Um, is that something that Keelings has considered a, a, a carbon label, or to, to actually communicate that that's a. Uh, the the level of ambition or indeed in, in the, the actual footprint of of the product that you're yeah producing. it's
2: it's interesting because there's been um we're working with our own corporate communications team now we're going to be updating our website and um, we're going to be updating our, our comms um externally uh outside the business and labeling is one of those areas that we're having a conversation and there has been attempts uh, across uh, Europe and, and different countries to come up with something that may be understood. Um, and I think it, it, from Keating's perspective, I, I, I think it's something that we can contribute to, but I think it would be something that we'd want to be taken up as a national thing uh, rather than just a Keating's-led thing because I think we want everybody to be telling us not just Keating's about mm-hmm. what they're doing on yeah. climate, uh, you know,
0: so that, so so, so we we well.
2: we are we will not be fine wanting contributing to all of these conversations and and coming up with something, but it should be a national thing rather than just a Cannes thing.
0: Yeah, no, that's that's fair, and I mean it has to be supported by. Um, and a standard we'll say or an, right, yeah. an international standard you talked about um, having you know sourcing food or, or fruit uh, from 46 different countries hmm. how, do, how do you manage that or how do you ensure that each uh, farms that are within across those 46 countries are adhering to the uh, objectives or the the, uh, the standards that you've set out uh, this morning
2: well uh, uh... There's a number of ways that happens. Um, It happens with, in partnership with our retail customers and the farms themselves. So within Keelings, we have our own responsible sourcing programme. Within that, um, we, we, Brian and mine were third generation family business and a lot of those farms have been with us for that period of time also. So um, we work with our growers on the ground looking to implement what we would, would been commonly known as a, a standard. So we have BRC, for example, for Packing Operations, British Retail Consortium Standards, which is a globally recognized standard. We have global gaps for the management of their farms and pesticide use. There's ethical standards out there as well, uh, such as SEDEX and, and some other audits. And we continually work with them to ensure, first and foremost, that their practices are in line with those standards because you have to start with standards. Then we have teams across our own uh, business unit here whose job is to monitor and, monitor, and work with our growers and work on specifications requirements. So come up with the raw material specifications that would look at the variety, the intrinsic quality of that uh, product. So whether it's taste profile, whether it's color profile, whether it's defect profile, mm-hmm. and we have so we with people at source, people at here, and with our supply chain partners, including our commercial teams, our sales and marketing teams, and our customers, we develop programs with our growers mm-hmm. that ensures them of volume, ensures us of certainty, and we deal with all the climatic challenges and poor challenges in between. So it is partnership
0: in its fullest and it can't be done without partnership there's a, a concern at the moment as uh, food prices are heading upwards uh, with the obvious drivers from the, the ukraine invasion and the um you know the cost of energy um that that food that the consumer is going to be looking for uh us to or for you to maintain your prices and not to be increasing your prices um, and of course, the primary producer is is getting very concerned about uh, that they're going to be the ones that squeezed as a result of of this inflation and that that, that pressure will be passed back to the, the primary producer. and I appreciate that you're also primary producers. Mm. But how, how do you uh, intend to maintain that that pillar of sustainability uh, uh, within the the uh, within Key links? In terms of under terms the pressure,
2: of, under the pressure of costs. Is in somewhere. terms of the
0: margins that your primary producers will ultimately be getting to maintain a, a fair price for the, the, uh, the primary producer.
2: Um, at, at the end of the day, um, there is significant inflation. Everybody knows about it. And that inflation does have to be passed on. Um, you know, if, if it's not passed on, people will go out of business. And therefore, there will be no food to, to talk about. So inflation, by, by its very nature, it has to go somewhere. Mm-hmm. And while businesses um, such as ours try to absorb as much as possible, there's there comes a point where you can't absorb. And unfortunately, just the way life is, it does have to be passed on. Mm-hmm. And we work with our customers to do that in, in a manner that's uh, meaningful. Um, for all within the supply chain. Um, and within that managing sustainability and delivering on our commitments is just a prerequisite. It has to be done. so it's it's you know it's it's not subject to something else. It's something that is just has to be delivered upon. Mm-hmm. So we manage that within within the budget constraints that we have been given in any particular year or over any particular period of time frame. But inflation is real and where everybody strives to offset it across the supply chains, whether it's in fresh produce, where it's in frozen, it's the same for all. But unfortunately, there's parts of that inflation where it's just not sustainable, that you cannot absorb. And unfortunately, we live in the real world where consumers are going to have to pay for it.
0: Mm -hmm. No, that's a fair fair response. Um, Catherine, we better get to the questions. Lots of interest here in Dez's presentation. You know the transportation of food from Spain. Um, we know that the Spanish, from talking to to farmers there, that they're 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 coming under pressure from a water perspective, and that uh, you know irrigation is is commonplace there for most production systems over there. You know how sustainable do you see uh, us transporting fruit uh, from across the world to to Ireland um, in in these areas of the world that are becoming increasingly impacted by climate change
2: that's a good question mark um if i just talk about killings for a moment like you know we as I said with farms in costa rica and brazil were equally challenged as spain is and i think technology you know if you go if you look back 10 years and you say god we made huge significant jumps in technology in the last 10 years, even 15 years. And over the next 15 years, we're going to have even greater jumps in it. Mm -hmm. And I think time is our friend in this one as well, that technology will allow us to produce um, fresh produce in a more sustainable way over time. And there is a lot going on with scientific institutions uh, with manufacturers of, of certain technology that is looking at that for the future. And, and what our farms, which I, I don't sit within the farms business, um, they have a very significant investment program at looking at the future to say, well, how do we do this, given the probability of where um, the impact of weather is going to have on resources such as water?
0: Okay, thanks, Des. Catherine, are you back with us?
1: Okay, sorry, I had the button on my my speaker. hit. I just want to say thanks, Des. It's lovely to hear about sustainability from an Irish company that we're proud of and and really want to be proud of. Uh, Just an interesting question there about packaging, uh, regarding packaging and product shelf life. How challenging are you finding the shift to sustainable packaging and away from the traditional plastic packaging? For example, is it impacting shelf life? And are you finding you have to change certain agronomic harvesting and processing practices to
2: suit new packaging? That's a brilliant question. And um, we've done lots of trials on various types of sustainable packaging here. And we're actually in the middle of one at the moment. (laughs) So we are as well. Um, We have a program, a pipeline of sustainable packaging initiatives going on. Um, If you look at something like compostable, compostable packaging or you look at something such as even board paper um, our trials are shown is that there, you know it's a prerequisite that you don't solve one problem and create another Yeah, it's really important that we don't solve or contribute to resol- resolving a plastic issue and then create a huge waste issue um, so we're, we're, we're mindful that anything that we launch to market will not create another issue for us down the track uh, when it comes to shelf life, um, we're not seeing any significant difference at this point in time within their trials with the packaging that we are looking at at this point in time that is alternative to um, uh, plastic. What the challenge is, is actually how it's more to do with an operational challenge rather than a shelf life challenge. So if you have 20 odd lines producing are plastic pawns at the moment, and you want to convert that into a paper pull It's a it's a reconfiguration of your operations. It's a reconfiguration of how that product comes into you, how that product is assembled, how you treat because um, paper, if it gets wet, for example, if it's the wrong type of st- format or structure of paper, if it gets wet, it can obviously fall apart and create all sorts of challenges. You know, if you're going to pick something, uh, you're going to harvest something into a punnet, a plastic punnet versus harvest something into a, a a I'm just using this as an example, a paper punnet. There's lots of challenges operationally with that. So shelf life um, is a prerequisite. We don't want to create another issue. So anything that we will launch to the market will ensure that the shelf life is not compromised. The challenge is the operational challenges associated with that.
1: Okay, thanks. Um, nowadays I hear it and get it that you talk about the family company making decisions for the long term, and um, personally I totally understand the challenges and keeping up to date with, with the changing targets, you know, and especially in the scientific area, but there's so many questions coming in about your great rewilding project, mm. and um Going back to again, not causing one problem by, you know, solving another and causing it another mm-hmm. one. Just a, a couple of questions are: What species of bees are targeted within the action of the Great Rewilding?
2: I will have to come back to you on that one. That would be a question for our farms. Managing Director, I don't have that answer there. Apologies, then,
1: as I said, I can empathise because there's been a lot of confusion over this. But I mean, again, all the I, I, a number of coming in, really questioning the the um, the wildflowers. You know, disconnected from the basic principles of plant geography, subverts plant ecology, distorts by a geographical well, evidence, alters.
2: If if I, if I, if I could just say this about the initiative, um, so we know within our own farms that um, the wildflowers that we plant here in North County Dublin has made a tremendous difference to the quality of our fruit. That, that's a fact.
1: I get that, yeah. that.
2: That's a fact, yeah? I
1: get that.
2: And our customers, um, who co- communicate through us through all sorts of means, also have an interest in doing something um, within their own the realms of their own gardens, and are, are are excited about doing something. So,
1: yeah. Again, I I talk.
2: You know, so that. so from our perspective, we feel it's better doing something to help our customers deliver on their ambitions and be contribute to biodiversity. And you know, if there was an abundance of um, area specific wildflower seeds that each of the customers could go to, or to area Pacific. Um, that, that's something that we may look at in the future. But right now, what we're looking at is wildflowers seeds that are native to Ireland and that can help our customers think more about biodiversity and in some way contribute to biodiversity within the island of Ireland. Okay. And that's what the initiative is trying to do.
1: And again, Des, I totally get that. Get that because that's the road I've been on for a number of years. Mm. But I think just a couple of things because the the um it, it appears the expert opinion now is that it's 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 not it's not good. And the pollinator plan you did mention you were involved in that the pollinator plan message is, is don't so let it grow. And I suppose from from again from the comments coming in that the, the issue seems to be that um, it's not valuing the the the, the local what weeds or whatever that are there so look at it's just an issue i think you know it's evolving all the time i think it's an issue that needs to be considered from the comments coming in there i can read 10 more of them there but uh it's just a general i
2: think that i would say is um i'll take your comments back we have our own experts also yeah Yeah. and i guarantee if i put two experts on any matter into a room you'll have two different opinions of what 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 comes out there Uh, as there is uh, 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 on many different subjects on sustainability. And, you know, we, we'll take our comments back and I'll yeah. feed it back to yeah. our own experts. That's all I can do at this point in time yeah, for I you.
1: Know. I welcome that.
2: And, 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 and I appreciate but it, um, we feel um, that our customers can now help contribute and they've asked for You know, they want to do this. And, it, and it, it's and evident within the request that we're getting for the wildflowers
1: yeah but again I, yeah listen we'll, we'll probably leave it there i just can read okay. a number of questions um coming come back to that one it's yeah, uh, a, a lot of comments mark you may yeah. summarise them better just to, to make sure we get the comments back yeah but, no 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 there I is there's there's to, definitely moving on to another question des and um, mm-hmm. sustainable foo- uh, pr- production of food mean it's organic and pesticide free
2: um does it mean it's organic yeah, and pesticide free well we do organics and, so we and do. So problem. we do. Um, and and the reality is, the use of pesticides are getting less and less and less and less every single year, and that's just the reality of it. And therefore, um, we operate other methods to 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 deal with that. But the, the, just over time, that's going to be reduced. You know.
0: There's a topic there, Des, that's coming through in a number of questions in relation to the use of peat um, by by Keelings, given the the restrictions that are in place now with the use of, of, of our harvesting peat in Ireland, what are your your uh, plans around that? To, to we, 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 to
2: we that? don't we we use uh, coconut choir so we do, which is a sustainable uh, means for 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 our
0: plants. That's what we use. Very good. Well, that's a fairly straightforward response there. Um,
1: Just another question back yeah. on the. Um, Again, the uh, again, I get it, that the the production is increased by the by the pollinators. Are they are your pollinators imported? Do you import bees?
2: Um, again, that's a question I'll take back to our farms, managing director. Yeah. Okay. Oh, um, if you have any questions like that, I'm happy to take them back to our farms and get a more precise answer. I wouldn't want to answer something that.
1: Absolutely, um, I,
2: I don't sit on the farms.
1: How has reducing food waste contributed to profit? Pro- re- sorry, how has reducing food waste contributed to profit margins, or affected them negatively?
2: Um, how does food waste contribute to improving profit margins? Does
1: it help or does
2: it? It's de- so it's really your definition of waste. So when you look, uh, we're, we're, we're responders to, to Initiative Champions, uh, I think it's 12.3, which defines what waste is. So surplus food is not defined as waste. So surplus food that we go to, um, say, uh, animal feed would not be considered waste. And the vast majority of our surplus food that's not fit for, for, for humans to eat for whatever reason would go to, and I don't mean that there's, that there's something particularly bad with it, I just mean it's, you know, if there's, if there's a, if they're squashed or something like that, you know, the, the, the people won't see it appetizing, Um, goes to animal feed. So it's, it's, it's not a, it's not a, a profit margin initiative, is to ensure that you are, um if you have surplus food, or that can go in a sustainable manner. And, and we will have surplus food, we'll always have surplus food. So it's not a profit issue. It was never done for that reason.
1: A question there. What types of energy demand does the business have? Heat, electricity, and what renewable options are you considering?
2: Oh, yeah, that's a good question. Um, In terms of energy demands, um, so we as a business, um, the vast majority of our, you know, 50% of our energy will be on refrigeration of product. Product has to be refrigerated. And we are currently in the process with, we have an energy consultant. We do, we we submit our energy report every five years and we have an energy consultant looking at it at the moment. And we are looking at alternatives um, at this point in time. Solar PV is one of those, you know, here in retail, we've approximately around about 200,000 square feet of roofs that our production facility, that the packing facility sits underneath. And we are looking at solar as one of those options. Now, there's huge challenges with that. Um, You know, when you're looking at it, you know, there's there's, the, the challenge comes about whereby if you're building a building from scratch, you can design it to put solar on top of it. If you have a building here that's 20 years old or 30 years old, you then have to assess whether that building can hold solar panels and not just the panels. What happens if it snows? You have to ensure that it holds that weight as well. And there's also challenges. We're right beside Dublin Airport. Yeah, so, well, you know, there's a Glint and Glare study to be considered when you're actually looking at all of this stuff. So there's so many different uh, variables to consider when you're looking uh, and we do within our projects. So we have, we, that's one good example, actually, um, that's currently live at this point in time. But we have a lot of initiatives within the business that reduces energy. You know, we've all LED lighting throughout the organization. We have sensor switches throughout the organization. So if you leave a room and, knock, and nobody else is in, it'll knock itself off. We are looking at our heat pumps that use for heat and water and replacing them with more sustainable um, sources. Um, we're looking at um, um, our our management systems and upgrades to our current refrigeration to ensure they're the most efficient as possible. Um, we're we're obviously training our people to make them a war. So if they leave a machine, it's knocked off when we when we when, 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 when you know mm-hmm. at the end of the evening and so forth and so forth. There's lots of initiatives going on within the organization to help reduce because when we are looking at our operation emissions reduction target for 2030 and net year by 2040, you have to go down through the funnel. You know, you have to get to a set of residual emissions that are 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 acceptable and that's the journey we're on at this point in time
0: there's we have an interesting question there just coming in uh, in relation to carbon offsetting and just mm-hmm. wondering what sort of um uh, offsets um offsetting options are you looking at uh in terms of you know to get to that neutral carbon neutral position by 2040 um, it's
2: an interesting one. Um, ultimately, the one you have to look at is removal. There's many different offsets out there, gold standard offsets. But when you're looking at net zero by 2040, the only thing you can look at is removal uh, offsets, which would be like likes of planting trees with an organization that, that does that um, as our primary business. Um, and that will be the one. So Now, we've looked at other stuff as well. Um, here in, uh, in Ireland, and, and the question is, when is the right time to do that? Right now, we're focused on reducing as much as possible on that journey, and when we get to a point where we feel that we can't do it anymore, that's the point where we then say, okay, now's the time to do the net zero piece and, um, and look at the use of offsets at that point in time, but it's and and offsets are continuously changing the cost of offsets are changing the, the availability of offsets are changing but right now our focus is, is reduce and decarbonization of our of our supply chain and reduce our operational emissions that's where our focus is at this point in time
0: okay Um uh, des we're we're just up on time i don't know where that hour went but i uh, really appreciate your your uh honesty i suppose it is it's it's a it's not an easy thing to stand out and put your head above the parapet and say look this is what we're doing so we do applaud you for that and uh we want to wish you well in the next uh, 50 to 100 years and the that journey um it is it's it's a challenge for us all but uh look i I think you're you're making all the right moves and i think uh businesses have have a lot to learn from the the work that you have done so far so uh we do do appreciate uh you, you coming along today catherine thank you so much for Uh, your help with uh, the questions and just to let you know that next week uh, we'll be speaking to Eamon Meskel who's the regional manager with National Parks and Wildlife Southern Division who's going to be talking about the white-tailed sea eagle reintroduction uh, to Ireland project and so we'll have a number of uh, weeks where we'll be focusing on um biodiversity type topics Catherine you've uh, been instrumental in in uh, organizing some of those uh so we, we do look forward to to those coming up and to thank uh Yvonne Maher for helping with this morning Andy Boland uh, who's the series producer and uh, we want to wish you a lovely weekend and uh, we will see you again at 9 30 next Friday so Des thanks again you're welcome and thank you, and, and you for having me thank you okay. bye-bye. A lot. bye-bye bye-bye